Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host to this lovely gala event wearing my finest weird suit, accompanied by my co-host of this gala event. Oh, thank you for uh, having me here in the Mekinese. Um, It's so lovely. I love what Emma's done with the place. Um, my name is Josh. I, as you might imagine, am looking stunning. Some might even say we're looking killer. Oh. What's going on, my friend? What's happening? I'm I'm doing good. I I'm I'm feeling good. I'm not hospitalized. That was just a rumor. Um, I'm doing good right now. (laughs) And I'm excited to talk about the Hellfire Gala because shit has officially hit the fan. Everything we've been reading is building to this moment. Um, we're gonna cover two books before we get fully into the Hellfire Gala, but unlike usual, we are gonna kind of breeze over those books which are Immortal X-Men 13 and X-Men 24, because really, it's just a little appetizer, a little, little beginning course We do what not, the hell we're going to get. We do not have the time to dilly-dally on these books, and Lord knows we could, because these are two, in my opinion, phenomenal books. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. Um, but the fall of X is upon us. We are going to get into what that means uh, shortly. And yeah, I, I any news you want to talk about up front well, or you want to jump actually, right in? I have a question for you. Um, well, tell, hit me is up, this hit the me last up. issue of Immortal X-Men? No, there's a 14 coming out in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This, this does one, feel like a final issue <laughs> the way it, it, it feels pretty final, doesn't it? But it, I yeah. guess it's but it is. I believe it's the last. I believe it's the last book before the Hellfire Gala. I don't remember. Maybe X-Men 24 is. I don't remember. But yeah. Um, so we have that those two books any news uh, right now if you go to your local target possibly or just go on Amazon like everyone else in the world does you can get the Magneto helmet from the cartoon from the 90 oh yeah, 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 yeah. cartoon that's so, pretty dope that's pretty, pretty cool dope. pretty cool I'm hoping I can get it on sale sometime at Target because Target is notorious for like even new items month later it's on sale it's on sale yeah, that's cool it's kind of crazy but if it isn't just fly off the shelf we'll see but I'm really excited to get that. And there are some Marvel Legends rumors. Um, basically, I think next year is the anniversary of Wolverine as a character. So there are some okay. rumors going around that they're going to be doing a lot of Wolverine two packs. So it's like Wolverine based off a particular era. Like one of the two packs rumored is Wolverine like in the white suit with the eye patch. Fucking patch. Yeah. So he's nice. patch. Nice. And the second figure is the Gray Hulk in also the white suit. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Another one they're talking about is like a ninja Wolverine with the ninja kitty pride. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's pretty so a good. lot of basically the last few years of Marvel Legends. They've had some kind of anniversary. I think two years ago was the X-Men one. So it was like a lot of different two packs based off the era. This year, they're starting up the Avengers anniversary. So like there's a secret wars um uh, monica rambo and like 80s style dr doom and like 90s style uh black knight and cersei lots of different era celebrations so next year is going to be wolverine so it's going to be a lot more x-men figures coming out next year yeah i mean it makes sense that they would do uh, um a ninja kitty pride one given uh what's about to be happening with with shadow cat in the books so 
a lot of those covers make a lot more sense now, don't, don't they? Don't they just? Don't they just? <laughs> son of they, a bitch. They all seemed very random when we first saw right? them. We're like, what does that mean? And but now it's like, teams. oh. Oh, oh, oh let, also let me ask you before we get to the Hellfire Gala in general. Did you read in the Iron Man book? Iron Man 9, I think it was? I didn't get to 9. I stopped at 6. So I'm going to okay. catch up. Almost there now. Okay, so I won't touch on it then, um, which is good because I don't really remember a ton of it because I read it like when it came out last week. But it is for listeners who might not know, I guess. I mean, this is our already coming a week after the Hellfire Gala, so you probably already know. But Invincible Iron Man number nine follows directly after the gala. Like it starts right after the gala. <laughs> well, is it right after the gala or after he was called away? Um, it starts after it's after the gala. So we start the first half of the book is him basically catching new readers up like myself. And then we see him flying back from the DC event. Okay. And then it's after the gala. So like it's, he's leaving that and now it's after the gala. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a long week, friends, and uh, we are very much looking forward to talking about this fucking shit. It has. Um, we'll get to some of the internet reactions we've seen when we after the book, but it's been an interesting time to be an X fan online also. It's been, yeah, it's also thanks to fucking Elon, it's been a fucking horrible time to be an X-Men fan on Twitter. It's impossible to follow the <laughs> hashtag X Twitter now. Yeah, that, that's a that lot sucks. of problems. We're calling it X for just just a, a layered amount of reasons of changing one of the most recognizable brand names. Dude, you're in the fucking dictionary for Christ's sake. Yeah. And now Who, just, I, is Google even in the dictionary? I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's it's very weird. And yeah, it's hard. Like I keep forgetting the app color when I go to look at it. Dude, I like is this I, a porn app? I don't remember. I have <laughs> refuse to update my app <laughs> it is still the bird i think when i have to do it is when i officially do leave um the platform well if it makes you feel any better because i have my app in like a folder for some reason even though i updated it if you look at it from the folder view it still oh. looks like a bird and then you enlarge it and then it's an x that's even fucking worse because they don't know how to program their own shit because fire everyone. Oh, God, they're so bad. Anyway, yeah. you know what's oh, not oh. bad? Mm. This slate of fucking X-Men books. Yes. They're not um, bad. They're real great. quick, because we what's do up? do this on the show. We talk about what's happening in the MCU. You didn't watch any Secret Invasion, right? I didn't watch but a two episodes, maybe a three episodes. Okay. Um, I, I will... saw up to a spoiler alert for Secret Invasions, everyone. <laughs> uh, I saw the last episode I saw was when we found out uh, Fury had a wife who was a scroll. Okay. Like we didn't meet her yet. We, she, he, or like we met her in the beginning of the, but like he walks into the house the, yeah. the, when it ends with him. What they, yeah, I, I didn't, I haven't seen after that. Okay. I won't go into detail then, but I will say, it is probably the worst ending of a Marvel show. I, I'm honestly like not sure. I I don't know if I even want to finish it. I wasn't really enjoying it to begin. Really, with. I was impressed. I I enjoyed the first half, but the second half gets so bogged down with a lot of crap. And then the last episode to me was just bad. 
and like almost became a self parody because like it's like someone wanted to make a secret invasion show and someone wanted to make a personal Nick Fury drama and they kept clashing and I feel like the actors acted their ass off and like they wanted to do the material but like I will say that hmm. everyone brought their very best acting wise yeah there's a lot of good like one-on-one scenes between Ben Mendelsohn and Nick Fury and like past where you are like they have a really strong conversation that feels like two longtime friends are dealing with issues you know but the last episode you know how she-hulk made fun of the marvel finale where it's always like big cg fight yes it makes it worse when we now as the audience understand that you know about your flaws and then your next show does the same flaw and (laughs) Lord. I will just say this much. We now officially have a character who has the powers of every single Marvel character that we've met. And it's just kind of like, so what do you even do with that? Oh, you know what you do with it? You bring in Jean Grey as the Phoenix. It's, it's trust Ooh. me, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I just feel like there wasn't a lot of forethought before the show was actually made of do we need this? And also, know, man. it it brings the point of Nick Fury could have just called an Avenger. Because later, someone asks him that, and he basically says, like, this is a personal issue, and this is my sin that I have to fix. And I'm like, okay, that's a reason. But then he solves it with a metahuman at the end. And I'm like, well, then you could have called Captain Marvel any time. You could have called any of your superhero friends any fucking time, and we could have saved hundreds of lives. I mean, with the existence already of Captain Marvel, though, we already had, I mean, it was bad enough with Thor, but we could be like, well, he's a god, so he's whatever. (laughs) But like with Captain Marvel, like, yeah, you already have a person who's like, just call Captain Marvel and the problem's over. And this whole thing could have been solved. Like for like pretty much every Marvel event that's happened. Captain Marvel honestly could have just stopped it herself. <laughs> yes, honestly, very true. But more so, Nick Fury literally has a pager that was a big deal where that, he can be like, hey, this is getting crazy. These that's bad my guy scrolls. Like, because like she like, he met her in the 90s. Yeah. And all of these things happened in like the 2000s. Yeah. So and like, before you can go like, oh, yeah, she was off doing other missions. That's fine. But like this particular issue with scrolls yeah. that she's particularly attached to you could have at least tried this is like weird especially from like the from my point of, of the show too it was like well we're making a, a lot of like how nick fury let these people down we're not talking at all about how captain marvel also was there and was like yep bye yeah it does seem like a lot of them still just blame nick fury because he promised to find them a home which i get i mean he's the one who said the words so you know what you gotta sometimes you gotta deal with it and like i also wouldn't be mad at captain marvel because again she could fucking punch my head into oblivion so i'm like yeah she's cool she's fine and a main character with her powers beats the main bad guy like specifically with her powers and i'm just like well then what was the point of all this and, and we find out there's over a million scrolls on the planet. Oh, I'm I did like, get to that. Yeah, yeah. We did. So, yeah. like, with that information, what does it even mean? Does it matter? Are we ever going to see these characters again? Probably not. Is anything planned for it? Probably not. <laughs> like, 
Oh, and War Machine's a scroll, but we don't know how long he I, was a scroll. I was literally about to ask you. So, like, Don Shield's a scroll now? Is it's, that it's, a, it's confirmed he was a scroll. But, like, when they found him, he was in, like, a, a, a hospital gown. So people are like, oh, my God, does that mean he's been a scroll since Civil War? And the director's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, well, what is it? And then he's like, well, we haven't officially said anything. And it's like, so you don't even know? Like, what's the plan here? Mm. You don't even know when this character's was changed to a different character okay i hear where you're coming from because these are like billion dollar movies and and things that they that take a lot to put together but so do comics really now yes and they do that shit all the time 100%. i mean like the book we're about to read right now 100 is like so kamala khan is back as a mutant oh yeah we'll get, we'll get what's the plan that. i don't know we'll figure it out later Oh, don't worry. There's gonna be a MacGuffin eventually. <laughs> well, well, we're just we're just letting some other writer figure it out. I don't. I, I this issue of Hellfire Gala is the most Claremonty issue of X Men I've read in a long time. Jerry brought his his Claremont best. Yes. Anywho, that's my little mini review of Secret Invasion. I do think it's the worst show they've done. So that's why immediately they put out that new trailer for Loki season two, because that looks really good. And the first season was really good. No, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It the looks, trailer. The yeah, it, season, it looks yeah. like more of the same in the best way. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to get um, I think I want to watch it again. So, and, you know, honestly, I've rewatched it almost three times because rewatching with a friend of mine. But I rewatched the second time and absolutely loved it. Like, I think my top two are Loki and then Miss Marvel. I've I've always had Loki at my, since not always not obviously not before Loki came out but since Loki's come out I've had it as my top yeah and then maybe Moon Knight I, I really like I know a lot of people shit on it but not a lot it seems like kind of divisive I really like Moon Knight it was our yeah it was fine it was yeah. fine I, anyway. I'm I'm opposite going back to mutants ish maybe uh, I'm opposite when it comes to WandaVision like I liked WandaVision I just didn't like the finale oh my god if not for the finale that would be my favorite fucking yeah show yeah, yeah that that finale brought that thing down to like five or less <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i i can't forgive it i can't forgive it she hulk uh, i think we are we are in the minority though we are no, in the I, minority I know, I, and i know that and it, yeah I, I just can't i can't forget it was stupid <laughs> Again, it did the thing they say we understand we do sometimes of. We need a big CG battle. And that one was the worst one I've ever. It was the it was ridiculous, especially after what they just established, what they built. Yeah. The the nuance and the character and the drama and the suspense and the fucking layers that they built only to like peel all that back. And it's just Street Fighter people throw in like fucking fireballs at each other. So take that hope and disappointment and imagine two scrolls with every Marvel character's powers just changing their body and then using said powers. But it's like, wait, how do you have a magic person's power? You do you know magic? How did you use Mantis's power? Have you ever met Mantis? So how would you know how to use that power? Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Anywho's anyway, back to comics. Back to comics and back to the X-Men. And all right, so let's burn through X-Men and Immortal, and we're gonna go in that order. And I'm gonna kind of just read off my notes and flip through real quick. So right. jump in 
jump in. You know what I mean? <laughs> when the water feels good to you and not 103 degrees, um, feel free to jump in. <laughs> well, right. I will jump, I'll jump in right off the bat because if you see Nimrod, that doesn't remind me. My Nimrod figure is finally coming in. X-Force 3 pack, Psylocke, Phantom X, and Nimrod. That is that's such a wild ass bag. It really it's so random. I've been waiting to get it and it's almost sold out. And I had a few extra bucks and I got it and I'm super that's happy. That's pretty so. dope. I can't wait to see the photos of those. Yes. <laughs> that fucking robot. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> so we open with a kid cable return. Um, he has been going around um trying to stop what he's been referring to as the mutant massacre, which immediately piqued my oh. Okay, we're going. Yes. So this is now just jumping ahead real quick. So this is now. So we've reused Inferno. We're reusing Mutant Massacre. Um, we're like there, I feel like there was some other like story recently. We kind of had an Age of Apocalypse, but it was sinister. Mm, yes, we kind of had an Age of Apocalypse. Sinister. Sins of Obviously, sinister, we're getting all the yeah. phalanx shit, or we got all the phalanx shit. But Sins of Sinister is essentially Age of Apocalypse. It's yeah, but there was something. There, I feel like there was another thing that's like that was a term that was already used, and now it's being used again in, in a different way. Oh, uh, okay. I can't think of what right now. Yeah, it was something. Oh no, that was Inferno. Okay, I was just thinking of Inferno again. I forgot what Inferno was about for a minute. Um. <laughs> Okay, so Kid Cable is basically trying to stop the second mutant massacre. He's been time jumping he, and to like right before the gala. He's at an Orcus base because he's there to try to stop it. And uh, he, he gets ambushed by fucking uh, Omega Sentinel, Moira X, and Nimrod, who is like Spider-Man and just jumps down from the ceiling. And honestly, it's kind of um, foreshadowing for Hellfire Gala. Oh, I didn't even pick that up. The, the nice, right? Nice. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very foreshadowing, and like also, Nimrod's been getting pretty sassy lately. He, yes, he's very much becoming. Since I want to say that time he started fighting Xavier Magneto, maybe, yeah, like a little like, late in, in. It feels like he's evolved into something here, right? Like, yes. Yeah, he's not just a stoic robot. He's definitely no, has sass. It's 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 he it's terrifying. It's frankly terrifying. <laughs> um. Okay, and so he gets ambushed. Kid Cable, that is. Kid Cable gets his phalanx arm. Uh, rip his techno organic fucking. You know his his arm ripped off, and then they 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 freeze him. They zap him with like a little ray gun, really, and like ba- basically just freeze them in in carbonite i guess and um dr stasis is like you know i really think we should kill this motherfucker and moira is like we can't because anytime cable dies another cable just knows when he dies and just comes and tries to do something such a great reason not to kill someone right oh it makes perfect sense. it's like no we can't don't you fucking understand we're dealing with a summer's this motherfucker <laughs> will just change all of reality on a whim because something in his life fucking needs it. And so then we get a cute little data page of basically like the TVA being like, um, keep an eye on cable. He's doing a lot of shit around that second hellfire, that third hellfire gala. Um, think something might be going on with that. Yeah. I really like that they're using the TVA in general, but 
them saying like don't interact with them just alert us because we think he might have full awareness of his temporal situation yes yeah so knowing that the tva is kind of scared to deal even with the him, tv fucking a is like listen dude we don't like to fuck around with cable <laughs> also i do wonder if this is a hint because it says the agent and it's blacked out and yeah. now i'm wondering is someone we know an agent of the tva i'm wondering and i will say and, and it could just and- be cable it could just be cable hunting himself. It could just be fucking another. Ver- it could be fucking strife. It could be strife. It could be X man. It could be fucking Nate. God. <laughs> um, so many cables in this world and so little time. Um, and so I did. Oh fuck! I had a, I had a thought. And now I lost it. Anyway, it, we'll see if it comes back. Um. Oh no no! I was gonna talk about Marvel synergy. I think I'm getting a. I don't dislike it because it's I, I still find it amusing but I, it, I think I'm really fine with all this like MCU um comic book synergy happening right now like hey look the TVA that's in a show coming up and yeah, shit you sure. know what I mean oh Miss Marvel was a mutant and now she's a mutant in the comics and now the 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 star of the show is gonna write the book and isn't that cool and that cool like, that's kind of cool too yeah I I don't like I don't roll my eyes at it because it's they're picking the X-Men books to do it in like yes. the X-Men, it the X-Men matter again. Like well, the X-Men can do crazy shit like the Hellfire Gala right now because they have the clout and Marvel has to like Marvel's like, yeah, we have the rights back. So like we can make movies out of them. So chips back in because everyone fucking loves the X-Men. That and I'm fine with synergy as long as they don't like overstep in a sense. Like, yes, the Avengers team in the comics should be whatever that writer wants it to be. It doesn't have to be the exact same team as the movie, you know, stuff like that. But like, if you're reading the newest, like like, there's like, yes, I would rather, I would rather there be synergy across the comic books. Yeah. than synergy with the movies and the comics. And I think they're doing an okay job with it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of like tempering instead of just like back in the day when um, the original Spider-Man movies came out, all of a sudden that, the comic Spider-Man realized he could shoot webbing from his wrists instead. And everyone kind of rolled their eyes like, come on, you don't have to do that. Just because yeah. the new movie does it, you don't have to do it now. And then he became like a man spider thing. But um, right now, yeah, TVA stuff. If anyone's reading the newest version of Avengers, who's the new villain? It's Kang. Like oh, the very what? first issue. Yeah. The very first issue ends with Kang being revealed as the new big bad. And I'm like, I rolled my eyes, but I was also like, that's cool. But here's the thing. So what's happening right now and why I think it's okay is because notes are obviously coming down to editorial and then to the writers to say, hey, do you got anything for the this character? Yeah. Or can you work this in? And like they're doing it in a way of like, hey, we need you to tell a story that ties in with the the tv story because they're not they're just like just tie that character from tv into your book but still make it your story you know what i mean like just it's yeah. whatever like the comics are still leading the stories yes and that's that's what i hope is more important like i don't want it to be for now making yes for now we're making the x-men status quo again because the new movie their status quo you know i i worry about that i worry yeah. about that Anyway, so moving on, that's what that's where we leave Kid Cable. We cut to Rogue and Destiny talking about the plan that is happening in 
or that just finished up in the Rogan Gambit miniseries. That plan, as is being hinted to here and I believe elsewhere, is for Rogue to kidnap Manifold, Rogue with the help of Gambit, because Destiny says that Manifold is the is the key to the future of mutants. And so in the Which book... Which isn't touched upon in why? Hellfire Gala, right? Yes, it's touched upon again. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know it comes I'm saying up... it, it was touched upon. It is when, or right, we'll get to it. All right. at, at some point in one of these books, Dest- maybe it's this book. I don't remember. But Destiny does mention that <clears throat> that he's the key. Or no, I think one of the be- oh no, it's Moira. I think Moira is like where the fuck is Manifold? Yes. Okay. And, yeah. And then because Destiny is also looking for Manifold, and Destiny convinces Rogue to basically mind control like go to um uh, manifold and basically under the guise of helping him and then basically kidnap him and then they freeze him much like they just did kid cable um and he's being squirreled away in the treehouse mm. so keep that in mind when we revisit the treehouse. <laughs> um, but anyway, destined the reason for that is, and we don't know why, we can take some guesses in a little bit, but according to Destiny, the future of mutants, like the, the entirety of the mutant race depends on Manifold being safe. And remember, Manifold's power is to basically fold time in the universe at his whim yeah um okay so uh our boy pogger pog returns uh he's gonna raid the game world he's got little ones with him now this is some of the first time this is the first time some of the new x-men have met pogger pog but our girl magic remembers him from the x of swords when they had their duel and she is honestly super excited to see him she is like Oh my god, I cannot wait to fight Pogger Pog again. She starts calling him a weird little elf cuz remember he li- it's he's like a little magical elf that lives inside of this like alligator kaiju that he he created and he pilots. And as like the good little elf he is, he also speaks in fucking rhymes and so do his fucking children. <laughs> and magic being the and I mean this with all fucking respect but magic is unfortunately one of the least educated in like normal education <laughs> that the x-men have because she spent all of her life living quite literally in hell so the only books not a great system yeah no remember like she grew up reading like magic stuff and like those kinds of tomes and shit so like she's over here like trying to she's fighting him and trying to make rhymes with him and he gets so mad. He's like, your rhymes are crimes. And like, he starts fucking like swatting down on her. Um, but anyways, the X-Men, as they do, they get the the upper hand. Um, Pogger Pox, it, he's, uh, he's uh, an elf. And he's like, uh, what's that precious metal? I smell some metal. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the gold. And that's, you know, that's what uh, that's what my kind. We like to steal the gold, I guess. Like, what the fuck? Like, sure. sure man i love i fucking love when the x-men interact with just magic like magic realm like just like weird fairy tales and fey folk and all that kind of shit i love it it's the fucking <laughs> stupidest shit um and so he smells the little x medallion that uh, 
that magic is wearing that's made out of what do they call it again mysterium or some shit yeah. like that. that which they haven't really brought up lately they don't bring up a whole lot but it was that that material that abigail brand and her team mined out of wherever they mined it out of and they did their mutant magic on it and like now it's like this the most unbreakable metal in the universe or some shit it's like the most valuable yeah. metal in the universe right they now. did kind of drop that story yeah they kind of dropped it for a while because they're like oh what's all what else is in that dimension we got this rare metal from and like, yeah eh, don't worry about it just keep getting the metal yeah you remember that manifold brought them too yeah <laughs> um and so she's like oh you want some of this oh oh we can do that forge come make him one of these things you got to promise, though, to, like, stop fighting the X-Men and, like, robbing people for now. And they're like, okay. And fucking Iceman is like, hold on a minute. What's going We're just letting this guy get away? And, and he's like, you know what? I don't care. I, I'm, I'm here to have fun. I'm fucking Bobby Drake. And yeah, it's, it's something like, wait, we're stopping robbery so we can get robbed? So like- we can get robbed? And then he's very much like, whatever. I'm, I'm at a casino. I guess that's what happens here. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the, the battle is won. They they reach their agreement and then Gene and Scott go off and have their little moment. And this is basically the um, main point of this book. Uh, Gene basically says to Scott, I created an entire fucking planet and you haven't stepped foot on it. And Scott looks her dead in the eye and says, no, I never went to Araco. And she asks why. And Scott in typical Scott is right. He is right. Gene, if we give them humans a reason to think mutants don't belong on Earth, they will take it. Its creation was well-intended and solved some short-term problems integrating the Iraqi, but I worry it's an invitation to exile. Foreshadowing. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Scott, not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, and Gene... It's like, oh, you're so cynical. And they have this moment and he's talking about like, look how they treat their own people who are different. They're never going to stop trying to fucking kill us. They're never going to. We have to be ready to attack. We have to be militarized. I'm a war captain for Christ's sake. I fucking want to fight. And Gene tells him. You are a great captain of Krakoa. It suits you. You're good at it because you think like them. And. She said, he says, thank you. She's like, it was not a compliment. She, you think like a human is what she's telling him. And Gene is above such things now, as we're really about to find out. That and also like they're both right and they're both wrong. And I feel like they're also both judging each other a little too harshly. They Yes, I, I, I'm with you. I. It's not until the Hellfire Gala that I start recognizing a Gene that I'm slightly more like. That sounds more like Gene. This sounds more like not quite understanding the nuance that is Gene's feeling. Gene is because of the nature of Gene being dead so many fucking times and for so long. Gene hasn't had the same kind of radicalization that that scott has yes he she missed she missed some of the other genocides um <laughs> and so sorry that's true but like just that, that way of thinking like yeah you missed that you missed all the stuff from house of m and messiah complex and 
all Genosha? that was she, Genosha? Was she? Oh no, she was back. No, alive she was, for yeah, she was. Still she alive. was alive for Genosha. But um, other worse shit that happened after that, and just like she's talking lately, very Doctor Manhattan esque, very Phoenix esque. Yeah, very detached, um, but thinking you're above, which mm-hmm. other characters can definitely interpret like "fuck you," mm-hmm. like. <laughs> But as we see, they don't because Jean Grey is the fucking best and everyone knows it. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I will say this 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 Jean, I, I like where they're building and I really am interested to see where Louis Simonson uh, no, yeah, takes it in a, with the miniseries. Um, I'm assuming it's before the Hellfire Gala. No. Oh. I don't think so. Interesting. Okay. I think I think so here's Gene what goes to hell. I mean, kind of. <laughs> um, so here's the thing from what I understand. So at one point, I don't remember what book it was in, but a couple books ago, either an immortal or the regular X-Men book, there was a data page of like the where like it was post fall of X, it was post the Hellfire Gala, and it was like whereabouts of wanted mutants. And on that one it said Gene Gray's whereabouts unknown. Mm. So like we see her dead, so I'm not really sure why Orcus doesn't think she's dead. Yeah. But I, from what my my thinking for the miniseries is, the plot is something like Jean Grey is on her own mission to save mutants, but she has to like go back into her past to do so. So what I think it is, is literally the consciousness of Jean Grey still existing, traveling through the different eras of Jean Grey. I think there are going to be a lot of like stories from set in the past, but also like with current day Jean in it. That's my, that's my thinking of it anyway. But speaking of Jean, she's like, Scott, I I don't want to have this conversation with you anymore. I got to go take care of her. Uh, Again, back to the weird phrasing here. She goes, I got to go take care of an injured friend. And she flies off to uh, see Polaris who's in the treehouse, which She's not on the X-Men, but she still goes to the treehouse because once an X-Men, always an X-Men. Yeah. Um, And she's grieving, finally, the death of Magneto. Like, we haven't really seen her since Magneto died. Um, And she's having this moment of, like, I, I'm not okay. And Jean says, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. She uses some telepathy to give her some, some a, a gentle, like calming and so she can fall asleep and gene tells her you know go to sleep basically because gene knows what's best for everybody and um and so our our book ends with we check in on sunfire who i completely forgot was gonna go on a mission to save red root who is being held captive in uh other world i forget what exactly part of other world the the most dangerous part of other world where um where they get the Blythe Swill from, which uh, will come back up. Um, and so Red Root has to go, or Sunfire has to go save Red Root. Red Root is the mutant on Araco who is the only one who can communicate with Araco. Much yeah. like Doug is the only one who can communicate with Krakoa. Yes. Um, and so he has to go rescue Red Root. And he's like, oh, magic, come back and get me. I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be here. I'll be back in like three weeks, I think, at the most, whatever. Just meet me here. And then we cut to X months later, and uh, he's going through a snowstorm uh, on his dying legs and breath, holding Red Root to his chest, saying, I failed in my mission. I'm going to die here with you. And then we don't know what happens. Uh, so 
and I was confused for a second because I thought that was sinister. I thought that was sinister holding a light that represented Sunfire for a second. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was just yeah, Sunfire. Yeah, yeah. Especially oh, I see. Especially because in the drawing, there's like a shadow in his forehead that kind of looks. Yeah. Little, so I was like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is Sinister doing over there? <laughs> like. Oh, but this does. This might. So I think I might check out since I have Marvel Unlimited. They have that ongoing like X Men Unlimited comic on there. Yes, and I, I believe... have the first issue technically. Yeah, because like I think it's multiple parts in one issue. Yeah, I just haven't read it. Yeah, so like the new one they did recently, from my understanding, is more about Polaris and what she's dealing with right now. And then as we at the end of this book, it says to learn more about Sunfire and Red Root go read this X-Men Unlimited comic on the app. So I'm like, well, I want to know what fucking happened, so I'm going to go read it. Good job, Marvel. <laughs> Synergy. But see, within the comics line, though. It's yes, within the comics, yes. Um, But yeah, next... Oh, how many X's? <clears throat> I'm going to give it five X's, honestly. It was a really good read. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to go with four X's. I liked it, but four X's. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Now, let's jump to Immortal X-Men 13. This one, I'm probably going to go through way faster than the last one, honestly. <laughs> All right. So we open with Doug and Krako at the Quiet Council. Um, the Quiet Council is in a meeting. Doug notices leaves falling off Krakoa. And when he asks, what's up? Krakoa responds in Krakoan with ball. But Doug is like, huh. He could mean autumn, which means trees are you know shedding their leaves. Or fall also means like things are bad, like you fell down or something's falling. <laughs> I'm not sure which one he means. It's it's too nuanced <laughs> for the language. Yeah. Um, I wonder too, Douglas. I wonder too. Uh, so the uh, the Quiet Council is responding to the world now knowing about the Sins of Sinisters events, which we just and brush over. I would have liked to see the immediate reaction. That was they weird. do they do this a little too often for me these days. Just kind of brush over some things that I think. And maybe maybe that's what the X-Men Unlimited comic is. I don't know. But I feel like they brush over things a little too much. Yeah, like, <clears throat> what was the process like? How did you show them the same way Storm showed the council with a nice little DVD package? Or or you did you, like, them? project it into everybody's head and, like, yeah. violate them that way, too? And then also, how was the community of Krakoa reacting to that? We never really find that out. We do kind of at the end of this one when Doug comes and talks to Xavier. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Um, all right, so that's what's happening here. Uh, they're they're all very upset about the tenuous nature of their island right now. Everybody hates them. They've got they already had bad PR from the lies Orcus was spreading. Remember, Orcus took credit for killing that celestial in Judgment Day. Um, we got like. The mutants are looking bad right now. And now this on top of everything is not great. Uh, Destiny does not like Celine being back on the council. And I don't remember why, but is able to talk Exodus into attacking Celine. Well, and they basically, it was um, Irene who was talking about all the reasons they can't trust Celine and all the reasons Celine is going to betray them. And basically, she was mocking her being like, oh, no, I'm part of Orcus, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. And then I forgot who's doing the narrating, but someone's like, well, Doug. Irene knows this won't work. Oh, wait, she's not talking to the council. She's talking to him. And that's uh, when Exodus is like, you know what? Because she was describing all the crimes technically Selena's committed against Kokoa. And knowing how much of a zealot Exodus can be, 
was trying to goat him into doing uh, something. Ah, okay, that's right. Now I remember. Yep. Yeah, which also made me go, what are your powers again, dude? <laughs> oh, apparently all of them. All of them, all of them. He's sure. just an Omega mutant who, I think he just controls the atoms of people's bodies. <laughs> like, <I don't, laughs> but he, then, like, he shot a laser like he's Superman out of his eyes. He has all the powers, I think. I think all the powers. All the powers. I don't, which does lead I, to a good conversation that we'll get to in a little bit. I truly, while I'm reading some of this, maybe look up. I have somebody, if there's somebody in the audience, maybe somebody in the audience can look up what Exodus's powers are for us if they if they're able to. I remember last time I did this, it was still convoluted. So okay, all right, whatever. We'll 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 wave off it. We'll Listeners can let us know. Um, Storm brings the fight to an end. Uh, Exodus relents because he's just he just breaks down and admits I am so he's so fucking upset about the state of Krakoa because this is utopia he wanted this place for mutants um, and it there's a nice moment where like hope basically walks him off and is like come on let, let's walk it off man and like oh it's, yes it's just... that, that's when I touch on something that I, I want to touch on here so basically when he's trying to kill Celine Storm stops him they have a fight and he kind of says the quiet part loud in the sense of he's basically just like you guys understand everything people like me do is a courtesy it's not what i want to do if we are so powerful we could wipe this place off the map the fact that we don't is a courtesy like it kind of felt like he snapped and he's like i'm tired of playing nice like we are gods that need to act like it almost that's 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 a very i forgot that point happened and it was something that i in reading it the first time remember thinking about gene as well right now you know what i mean like in in and i think you see it in the hellfire gala come through for gene well Um, yeah but like it is a dangerous idea that a powerful mutant like himself feels like me not just wiping this shit off the map and taking control is a courtesy which kind of leads to that sinister idea of their personality also yeah so then we jump over to Doug confronting Xavier about the the state of the world. Um, and he tells Doug, Doug tells Xavier, Hey, um, I've been talking to Krakoa and I've been talking to the people on Krakoa and none of us are happy with this anymore. Um, and people feel like we can't trust the quiet council. We don't know how decisions are being made no one likes sinister being on there no one likes the idea of the pit no one voted for that no one there's bad vibes on the island right now and krakoa feeds off of our vibes remember that's krakoa's fucking mutant power is to fucking like eat a little bit of our energy that's why so many of us have to be here um and because of that krakoa's sick we've gotten krakoa's sick with some bad vibes dude and then xavier for the one and only time in his life is truly honest. And I feel for him for half a fucking second. (laughs) And so he starts to break down and he didn't take it well. And he rips his little helmet off and he's crying. He says, I didn't want this. It had to be a compromise. Moira's experience showed purity failed. So I bent in so many ways. Mutant separatism, even mutant except essentialism, I despise the very concept. My work has always been that mutants are humans. It is the oppressors who say that because we are mutants, we are not human. For us to agree is loathsome. I am alone in that. Apocalypse, Moira, er- 
Max, most of all, God, and that's probably when he starts crying when he fucking thinks of his boyfriend, Eric. He he was always the idealist, not me. I went along for tactics. And he goes on into his things like, I didn't want any of this. I didn't want to be separate. All I ever wanted to do was for all of us to live in harmony. And I've spent years. Xavier's dream was years of let's show the mutants. We uh, let's show the humans we have value and maybe they'll let us live with them. And well, yeah, this this whole thing is the whole like road to hell paved with good intentions kind of that thing. is one hundred percent what everything is. Yeah. Um, but it it was nice it was nice to get that acknowledgement of yeah Xavier, you're alone, and this isn't you, and that's why it's falling the fuck apart because this yeah. isn't you. You you it, shouldn't it be the one in charge way. of this. Hmm? It comes off that way, but also like. People like us who've been reading since the beginning of this era, like we can feel that. Like, oh yeah, we'll we'll work with Sinister, I guess, because he's good with genes and we need him. All right, we'll work with a few obviously blatantly bad mutants because we're gonna be a community and it looks good in front of everyone. Like little things that keep tweaking and tweaking, and now we're fully off the rails. We are, and I I the pun is very much intended in all the times, but like their original sin, as they've said in this very book, was inviting Sinister in. Yes. Like, the minute you did that, <laughs> and and here's the thing, they did that behind Moira's back. Yes. Moira didn't even agree to that. And Moira, as we now know, is the fucking worst. <laughs> that, and a part of me feels like, yes, you need him for the gene sequencing and so the five could do their thing. But you're telling me not one other fucking mutant could have helped Beast? You tell me Beast, if you gave him a little extra time, could have figured that shit out too. Or Forge and Beast. You tell me Forge and Beast can't figure shit out. I don't know, Charles. What's your mutant power that you like to use on everybody? Oh, just control them? Yeah. It's fucking sinister. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Just steal his brain. Just steal all of his fucking knowledge and give it to fucking Beast. Roll the dice with Beast. Make Beast Mr. Sinister. <laughs> really? Do we want a Sinister Beast? No, but that to me, that to me would have read truer to Xavier than just being like, okay, we'll just let Sinister in. Like And on the council. <laughs> honestly, if if Gene would have done that. Gene would have done that. <laughs> As we'll see you later. <laughs> Gene would have just taken just taken his brain. Anyway, so all this leads to some members of the Quiet Council going behind the other members' backs and being like, do we have the votes to just get rid of this fucking council? Which, as somebody who literally responds to a board of of fucking... (laughs) An elected board. Well, I guess they're not elected. Was this cathartic? (laughs) No, this was not enough to disband. If all it took was that... like They didn't have... They needed more of a majority in that to just disband the fucking... I think it was more of like a, we all know we're done, right? No, I know. I, like, I'm, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Um, so anyway, like they 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 start the motion to disband. Douglas, he steps forward. I, I got to say, Lucas Warnock is one of my favorite fucking artists right now. Yeah, the art's beautiful as whole book. The yeah. art in this book and the last couple, like the, in the last few immortals that he's been on is fucking phenomenal. This this person is killing it. Um. And so Doug gives some monologue about Krakoa is sick. We got people, we can have elections. People want a new government. 
you can't have utopia. That's human thinking. Like, oh, you want utopia? That bad people do that too. That's you're foolish to think you can control that. He gives this big speech because he's fucking Doug, and that's what he does. Um, and also we need to talk about the fact that Doug's arm is still like he has Krakoa on his arm now because Warlock's gone. Warlock is being held. Warlock has been oh. held prisoner by Orcus yeah. since like before the Sins of Sinister. And he's like, he's missing his one true love warlock so much that he's just replicating what it was like to have him on his arm. Hmm. Anyway. And also because warlock isn't there anymore is one of the reasons is, is the primary reason he can't as easily communicate with Krakoa as he used to because of the, of the, of the technology he put into Krakoa. Gotcha. Because part, because Krakoa was also part warlock. Yes. So, anyways, he gives also his monologue. a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he gives his monologue. Says any objections? There are none. Doug starts to feel better for the first time in in a while. When all of a sudden, fucking the roots of Krakoa reach up and wrap themselves around fucking Doug, and and he starts pulling him down into the fucking no. What do they call it? No place. The no place or the fucking pit or wherever he's going. Yeah, the pit. But somewhere that they can't get to. And Hope uses, you know, Hope uses a little bit of Doug's powers before he's sucked too far in to say, like, what are you, what are you doing? They, they, and all she gets back from Krakoa is, I must protect him. And he just, and Krakoa just sucks him in where no one can get to Doug. Why? How is that protecting him? Gee, I wonder. I guess we'll find out soon, won't we? <laughs> Which uh, also leads questions of how how would Krakoa know? Um Krakoa uh-huh. is part warlock still, and warlock is being held by Orcus, so maybe Warlock is still able to communicate. Okay. So real quick, oh actually, um five X's. I love that issue. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, before we get into the Hellfire Gala fully, I'm on the Marvel database. I am on Exodus's powers. Based off what this says, um, he's one of the most powerful mutants alive. He's an Omega level mutant. He has confidence enhancement, telekinesis, um, force field, concussive blast, telekinetic constructs. Electromagnetic blast. Okay, I think it's like I think it's important to remember here that he was also partially created by Apocalypse. So yes, telekinetic he's got, he's got, ex- he's got exactly the kind of powers you think Apocalypse <laughs> would put in somebody in the nineties. Tele- teleportation, tactical telekinesis. Ooh, tactical telekinesis. <laughs> telepathic tracking, heightened oh. awareness, telepathic cloak, mind control, telepathic illusions, <laughs> mind possession. Um, so basically anything a writer needs him to have, you can have. Yes. Absorb yeah. information. A psychic vampirism. Superhuman durability. Healing factor. Disease immunity. <laughs> wow. Man, yeah. Apocalypse is best creation. And I love that when it goes to weapons. Steel sword. Yeah. Why not? Why the fuck not? Why not? Why not throw that in? Who cares? <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for our main event. 
we are now starting the Hellfire Gala. It opens up with a conversation between um, Emma and Scott talking about Miss Marvel. And should we tell her the truth about herself? And it's like, yeah, this conversation happened weeks ago. Don't worry. We've always had this planned. It's it's so good. It's, yeah, great. Um, cut back to Miss Kamala Khan herself waking up, hatching from an egg because she is truly a mutant. She's been a mutant this whole time because, hey, don't worry. Her origin's still the same. She isn't inhuman, but inhumans did come from Earth just like regular humans, and she has mutant DNA. She's that special. On top of that, she's not. She only has inhuman powers, and she has su- currently suppressed mutant powers. What are those powers? Don't worry about it. We'll get there when we need it to write our to get ourselves out of a writing corner. <laughs> we're we're gonna let some other writer solve that problem for us. Don't worry about it. Yes. I do. Before we uh, go ahead, I don't know where you're going yet. So now she's kind of like taking all this in. She's kind of freaked out. And I like the fact that she's like, man, I'm already a minority. And now I'm like the minority on I'm every minority you could possibly be wrapped up in one. Are there any inhumans even left? Dude, they kind of killed them all ish. But like we haven't touched on it since Donnie Cates wrote that book, Death of the Inhumans. So, like, I don't know how many humans are really left. And since the show failed, they kind of just dropped them, sadly. Um, which is a shame, because they were really good books. Since they got the mutants back. Later that too. Since the show failed and they got the mutants back. They're like, we don't need two freaks. We just need one group of freaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, on top of that, and I get, like, almost the reaction of the others, because they're like, hey, be a little fucking grateful, why don't you? Ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> can I, I love Emma's take here. Can I talk for it? So when Kamala is being like, oh, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to come out. Emma says to her telepathically, Kamala, mutant technology is why you're alive right now to disappoint me. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking nailed it, Emma. Nailed it. God, she's the best. And of course, Jumbo has a new suit ready for her and a new outfit for the gala already planned mm-hmm. and basically emma wants to use this as a publicity stunt to a degree she wants to show off like look she's one of your favorite heroes and we brought her back you were all sad she died and we brought her back you know why because she's been a mutant this whole time Dude, and I'm, emma yeah. emma loves the children but not more than she loves good pr basically so it's like, hey, hey, no pressure, no pressure. But this is what's going to happen at the gala event, just so you know, heads up. But no pressure, man, no pressure. And I, um, I, yeah, we kind of end off that opening right before the gala starts with Kamala kind of having a, a interesting decision to make about should she come out as a mutant. And the last thing she hears about is knowing about the fact that she has a mutant power that she doesn't know what it is yet, which a part of me does think it might just end up being the crystal powers that she has in, uh, in her show and in the MCU. Oh, maybe, maybe. Right. Because she only has stretchy powers. That's her power. But if you give her the crystal powers, well, Hey, if you watch the show, that's what she has. Well, there you go. I think maybe we solved it. Yeah. And now it's time to start the actual gala. Now is the moment we've all been waiting for. So that was X weeks ago. Now we come to the present 
on the Mekinese where Emma is once again hosting another fabulous Hellfire Gala. Sorry, the- one last note I wanted to go over because I, I just forgot about it. Um, There was a tiny part where Kamala's like, oh my God, my parents, what are they going to feel? I've been dead for a few days. It's like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to wipe their memories of, the, of that time. It's going to be fine. And it's like, Chuck. ooh, guys. Um, that's you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Was that Chuck or Emma? It was Chuck. Emma. I'm pretty right? sure it was Emma. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I'm just like, guys, can we not tamper with regular people's minds? And it does make me feel like, and I knew we knew it was gonna happen. You called it right away, of course. But a part of me is like, if Marvel made less of a big deal about the death, it, this would go down better. Because if you if you didn't make a big deal about it, we wouldn't make a big deal about it. But no, they made a one shot, called it a fallen hero. They did all this fancy shit. You kill her for some reason in a Spider-Man book. Like you do all this stuff and then go, don't worry about it. Like what, two months later? Yeah, if that. If that I do wonder, I wonder if they moved that scale up a little bit. Well, I I mean, how could they? Because this was in print. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably that was probably the plan to do a stunt and then immediately retcon the stunt after. (laughs) Probably they were probably like, people are gonna be mad. Let's just (laughs) we killed the minority character. We gotta fix this. Yeah, I think people, I think they correctly called that. So, uh, yeah, we flash forward to the gala. The cuckoos are welcoming everyone to the gala, and we see everyone's fabulous fucking costumes. The cuckoos are looking fucking crazy. Yes. Fucking little androids. Uh, Gene and Emma look fucking phenomenal. Forge is looking fucking awesome with his little goddamn... Forge looks like the son of Sebastian Shaw. (laughs) He's he's bringing it. Or pirate Tony Stark. Oh my god, he's pirate Tony Stark 100%. Right? I'm Scott is loving... over here dressed like a legitimate fucking Cyclops. Yeah, I'm not loving Cyclops' choice. His is the worst by far, especially on that page. Yeah, not great. Not a great choice. But no, easily, like, I want a figure of this version of Gene. They need to do a Hellfire Gala wave. Because they... that's how they do it in figures. They do it in, like, six packs, like, different themed waves. If they made like a Hellfire theme wave, I think that would actually do really good. Dude, that would fucking kill. I'd get it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, then uh Scott gets uh a distress signal from the uh um oh I do want to touch for a minute. The the um the name of the, the theme of this year's Hellfire Gala is fucking uh friendship and futurism, a dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that's a... Uh, Let's focus on that friendship part for a minute. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like, yeah, my my notes here on Gene is that, like, I think because this kind of fashion for Gene is not that unusual. Like, it went back in like the eighties when Claremont took her over and shit, and like toward the like the end of, I forget the other guy's name now. After Stanley, um, she was like Don Byrne. No, that was the artist. Oh, um, anyway, um, she always was like a fashion for like she was like dressing in like fucking she lived with Misty Knight and was like living in the city and being a little fashion icon there for a minute. Uh, But anyway, we get a distress call from the treehouse. Scott's like deuces, babe, I got to go. And she's he's like, if I'm not back, tell the team my new our news. And so like, okay, we're getting some new shit. 
Um, Gene then runs into the Juggernaut. Juggernaut's like, I just, I'm so thankful for all the X Men. I just love the X Men so much. I love this new Juggernaut who's just like, oh my god, I love the mutants. Who's like, still not considered a mutant, right? No, Nothing he's not a change. mutant. No, he okay. loves the mutants. He's now okay. like the number one ally of all mutants. <laughs> the uh, I, and I want to, I want to say this off the top: the unstoppable Juggernaut. <laughs> Let's keep yes. that in mind, folks. Um. So Gene is like, Kane, why don't why don't you run to be an X Men, dude? I bet you people would be all about that, especially when I tell them to be all about that. And so, um, <laughs> he's like, cool, maybe I'll do it. And then we got Kate leaning up. I love that this little subtle reminder of like, oh, remember, Kate can't use the fucking gates, by the way. Um, Kate looking fucking awesome as fuck, but also stupid as shit. So very on brand for Kate. Um. <laughs> Just like uh, the amazing pirate queen that she is, and I'm, and is this is going to be her last hoorah as a pirate queen? Then she's going out in in complete style. She's just hanging out, drinking a handle of whiskey, uh, because that's who fucking Kate Pride is now. <laughs> and Mystique and Destiny come tearing through one of the gates. They're arguing what I think is about Mystique finding out about um about the manifold shit. Um, yeah. And so that's, and we can tell that they're mad at each other. So we'll just kind of leave it at that for now. Uh, then we cut to Xavier having a, a moment talking to Kamala, and she's got a pretty cool, Jumbo made her a pretty cool outfit, I got to say. Yeah, a little like 70s inspired kind of thing. It's nice. Yeah. It's, and I, yeah, it's very, it's very cool. See, um, this conversation, though, I think is a great contrast into like the sins of Xavier and why his life has fallen apart as it's going to be by the end of the book, because this conversation felt so manipulative. It felt to me, this is classic Charles. This is classic. Welcome to my school child. Yeah. It was very like, Hey, it's your choice, but also here are your only choices. Yeah. It's what it's, Recall an X. This is not going to be the first time I say this in this episode. And also, <laughs> buckle up, everybody, because you're already an hour in. <laughs> um, um, recall an X Men read recently when Storm reminded us that when she, when Xavier came to her, he he came like your other people who are more important than these people you're living with now need you more. Like yeah. your mutants are more important than your tribe. He's doing that again. <laughs> He's doing he it just again, got and again, called out for it. Yes. It's in his nature. Yeah. And again, he's not wrong or evil in what he's saying, but it is manipulative. What did you say to a child ago that the road to hell? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we also get a cute little moment where Rasputin comes out and, and looks at um uh Kamala and's like, Oh wow, the Xavier spoke to you. You you must be an important mutant. And then she finds out that she's Miss Marvel. She's like, oh, my God, you were my hero back in the breeding pits. <laughs> we would need to find hope and inspiration. We would we would read the tales and you are always my favorite. And Miss Marvel's like, holy shit, I'm somebody's hero. <laughs> yes, I do. Like, that's a nice little that's like a cute almost, flip. That's a, a cute, cute flip. flip, but also like. Oh yeah, these editors have this planned the whole time. Probably not, but like oh, they're no, using I, it. I don't. I never take that as that. I take that as we're 
as you said, this is a very Claremontian book. Yes. And one of those ways it's, oh my God, this is about to be such a fucking long episode. One of the ways it's <laughs> such a Claremontian book is because they're getting mandates from editorial that they probably don't necessarily agree with. And they're like, fucking let's make, we're getting chicken shit here. Let's make chicken salad. Like the all of Inferno was him being told he had to get rid of Madeline Pryor and he didn't want to do it. So he gave a broader out in fucking style. Yeah. Um, the dark Phoenix saga and he didn't want to kill Gene. And so how did he do it? He did it in fucking style though. So yeah, it's a cute little flip, like we were saying. So then the next thing we get in our little book here is uh, speaking of Claremonti and things, we get another editorial mandate that, Hey, there's another new series coming out by, by Jonathan Hickman. You all remember him. He's the one who set all this shit up, right? Well, he had to leave so that he could do this random fucking other book called gods. So yeah, here are I don't a couple know anything about this. Really? Nobody does yet. Okay. It's, it's all top secret. All we know is that he's work. There's a new book coming out this year, I think called gods and it's written by him and I, and whoever the artist is currently drawing this. Okay. Um, and so, in this scene, Magic confronts them. Uh, I'm going to have to... Ileana <laughs> confronts them. Uh, and it's this guy who looks a lot like Doctor Strange and some blonde-haired guy all dressed in like some white jumpsuit-looking thing He's, or maybe some like vest on or some shit. I can't tell. I did have that moment of like, did I miss something? Like, <laughs> And it's all... And, and, and Motherfucker talks a lot like, like very Constantine-esque, very like... Ileana comes running and is like, I smell magic. Who the fuck are you two? And he's all like, oh, oh, did, oh me? Are you talking to you? Oh, let's just introduce ourselves. And like, It's all like very like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm here. I was just wondering, is it true what I, I heard that you called yourself the new gods? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you bet your ass it's true. And he's like, huh, okay, well, I work for some people who's going to find that very... uh." Very entertaining. So uh, we'll be in touch. It's like, okay, cool little segue, I guess. <laughs> it was definitely my least favorite part of, of the book. And so at this point, we get to the part of the book where the Avengers are all hanging out, doing their thing. Uh, Sam is talking to Prodigy and Frenzy. Like, seriously, you guys are fucking letting Kingpin live here? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, I did like that. The regular heroes that aren't mutants are kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like you guys are getting a little out of control over here. You know that? And then all of a sudden they get a distress call and the, all the Avengers have to go. There's been an attack in DC. And then Rogue, who still keeps her Avengers pager on her, even in her gala clothes, apparently, um, Gets an, a distress call saying that there's been an attempt on Steve Rogers' life or he's in danger in some way. And that's, and Rogue is like, that is, boy, howdy, is that big news? I got to go. And well, she hopefully, just, yeah. She hopefully just flies one day off. We, we cover it, but Uncanny Avengers, the original Rick Remander run, is fantastic. And Rogue is a big part of that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get close. That team gets really close, and especially Rogue and Captain America. So it really does make sense that she gives a shit right now yeah no it's it's it definitely yeah from my under yeah I, I recall they they have that connection so yeah she's definitely like y'all i hate to dine and dash but i gotta go 
And so she takes off through the nearest gate and goes flying as we're going to learn eventually at incredible speeds. You just kind of forget sometimes she's Captain Marvel. Like, she's basically Captain Marvel. Yeah. She, like we, we forget this. We're reminded in this book because she's drawn speaking with, with Carol Danvers. And that was, that was kind of cool. Um, and so at this point, Lourdes, Lourdes comes in and she's like, Emma, uh, I've been popping around the Island. Just also quick reminder, my, my mutant powers to teleport. That's kind of what the scene is about here. Um, and, um, I can't find fucking Sebastian Shaw anywhere. And let me tell you how fucking uncomfortable that makes me. <laughs> I don't know where Sebastian Shaw is right now. And so she and Emma are rightly worried about where the fuck Sebastian Shaw is right now. Why wouldn't he be there? If he's not working with Orcus, why wouldn't he be there? <laughs> uh, and so then we have... You feel the tension building oh this whole God. book. It's so... And then they give you a false sense of security. I know. Anyway. <laughs> so like 100%, it's a very much a moment of one you don't realize it right now but it's remember i can teleport and two yeah wasn't he just accused of working with orcus hmm. Hmm. and we know orcus is planning something for the hellfire gala interesting so then we get to some of the most gorgeous fucking pages and some of the most gruesome fucking pages you'll ever see in a fucking comic superhero comic book let me let me rephrase devastating awful shit is about to happen but it is but it is drawn gorgeously gorgeously but also this is a book that when i was done i told my regular like group chat of nerdy friends i'm like this is the wildest single issue of a comic this year hands down hands down and i'm reading daredevil He's literally in hell right now. And this is the most wild book I'm reading right now. <laughs> Hands down. So Russell Dodderman returns to us in the book, drawing Jean Grey, as you said, can we get some kind of figure of the, like just a gorgeous fucking outfit? Um, comes down from the fucking heavens. <laughs> Uh, looks at all the, the mutants. She starts syncing up all the mutants because it is time for the X-Men election. First, she must tell everyone that she and Scott are leaving the X-Men. Their time is, has drawn to an end. It's and that, a relationship, you know? Yeah, you know, they got out of the way over. And that they are now putting Talon and Sync in charge of the X-Men. And that they have full faith. They've seen what wonderful leaders they are. And this new X-Men team is in just incredible hands. So let's all join minds and uh, think of who we want to be the next X-Men. Remember, Juggernaut is one, not a mutant. And two, has the helmet so the psychics can't get through. So (laughs) he has to shout out while everyone else is sitting there quietly thinking of these things he has to shout gene said i'd be a hell of an (laughs) x-man i love dorky fucking kane marco yeah it would be nice i don't know maybe it already happened in a different book we're not reading but it would have been nice like if him and xavier had a moment of like hey bro i've been a dick (laughs) so there is legion of there a little bit happens in legion of x and i just remember now that's where he's in league he's in legion of x for most of the run that's this dorky yeah and he has like really touchy moments with um with legion his like 
nephew. half nephew, like yeah. you know what I mean, like step nephew. I guess I don't remember what he is with Charles anymore. Half brother or step, yeah. right? They're half, right? half brothers. Um, but yeah, they have. There's a moment too of like Juggernaut having a moment with Charles, being like, "You're kind of a jerk." <laughs> like, um, the theme of this year, <laughs> yeah. And so, in some of the most foreboding words ever spoken in an X Men comic, they <laughs> all come together and think of who the next X Men will be. And ah, Gene says, "There it is, fresh blood. Here they are." And then we get a gorgeous splash page of our new X-Men team. Do you nice want to walk... and diverse. Nice and diverse. Will you walk us through this team while I take a sip of some water? Sure. We have Talon and Sync as the leaders. We have Cannonball, Frenzy, Prodigy, Dazzler, Jubilee, and Juggernaut on this beautiful page, presenting themselves to the world as the new X-Men. So and then so you wonderful. turn the page. Wait one second. Let's take oh. let's take some more time here. Let's not Let's not leave from the scenic view here. Because uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about Dazzler's fucking amazing disco ball costume. Yeah. Dazzler is killing it with her power and her and her outfit. And I love that Kane's out, uh, Juggernaut's outfit is literally he just put a bow tie on. I would. All right. If I criticize this team at all, it's do you really need Dazzler and Jubilee? Really? I don't, I don't appreciate it. So. Really, what this is though is everyone who is up for vote. These were all the vote people. Yeah. I so guess. instead of just one person winning the vote, which, by the way, from what I understand, I think Juggernaut actually did win the vote. I guess yeah, he's making a good impression of people, yeah. you know. But yeah, these were this was everyone: Cannonball, Dazzler, Jubilee, Frenzy, and Prodigy were all up for vote this year. And a part of us to say. Does Cannonball even live on Earth anymore, though? Doesn't he live in the Cannon- That's why Cannonball feels so weird right now, because, again, he was just like a random person up for vote. Like, there was nothing yeah. for fans to vote on. Um, and so we have this happening. Oh, I'm sorry. Jubilee- you mean this was the real voting? Yeah, yeah. The real the real life voting. voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are okay. all the people, except for... Sink and talent, obviously, they were gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, though everyone else was somebody that you could go on marvel.com and vote for. Okay, um, and so we have Jubilee in her little X Men earrings looking up at the sky, saying, Look up, what good luck, a falling star. And then, as you pointed out, and how 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 Kirko and how Claremonti in this book is, the narration says. These candidates have the making of an astonishing X-Men team. (laughs) Unfortunately, fate had other plans. And what happens, but sorry to drop in, Nimrod comes suicide bombing all the way from space where he traveled so fast that no psychic could pick him up somehow, I guess. A little bit of a, really? A little bit of a stretch. Yeah. And he dive bombs in and just obliterates the entire new team and the when i tell you this is some gorgeous colors some gorgeous fucking art and some tremendously heartbreaking fucking facial expressions look at gene's facial expression on the bottom corner of the main splash page like just her shock fucking juggernaut's eyes are just like what is happening because he can't even be hurt and he's being 
thrown miles away. And like the chunks of body and exploded then, head. Oh my then god. Then just the gruesome there's blood and sinew and bones and guts flying like, Dazzler is broken in half. Like for some reason we jumped into an issue of the boys and like it's just graphic. Like the fucking cannonball, who by the way, in the splash page, cannonball, I'm just putting this together. Cannonball is using his powers in the last page. And he's nigh invulnerable when blasting. <laughs> as, he, as he will remind you. Yeah. As he will, as he's want to remind you. And he's now, if you look up in the top left corner, he's in half. Yeah. That's how fucking strong Nimrod has gotten. Insane. And so more would have died, we we are told, except for Gene was able to, within that millisecond, put up a telekinetic shield to block many many people from getting harmed sure um and jubilee god bless jerry duggan for if you're gonna fucking kill jubilee this gruesomely give her the most badass out you can give her because she looks dead in the whatever eyes nimrod has and says fuck you machine and then nimrod says no need to be rude and smashes her to death and there's a a lot of this book is focused on fascism and there's something in the way no need to be rude as he's smashing her to death after she just told him to go fuck himself there's something really resonating about that about how like when like in our real world when like fucking nazis are being nazis and we call them nazis and they're oh that's so hurt what about the how dare you whoa oh like you're literally murdering people and you have the nerve to say to me oh how rude like oh just nimrod to me is nimrod and stasis are the star villains to me in this fucking book oh yeah they represent everything wrong like we have one side literally dying and another side not giving a shit and they're the ones judging you by your behavior and and the fact that you like nimrod and stasis are at these like opposite end one's fucking ai machine and one's fighting for humans like eventually they're not on the same side either oh a hundred percent there's gonna be a scene of like teams arguing all right we got rid of one problem yeah and then yeah once the mutants are gone who do you think they're coming after next stasis (laughs) like yeah um all right so we get that we get we get what's happening there so they're under attack they try to act quickly. We find out magic. Ileana can't teleport people out because as we learned in one of the last issues, they got their nanobots into her and they've disrupted her mutant power. So now she can't fucking go anywhere. So they're trapped. And so what happens? Who needs to step in, man? Oh, sync is also out here using like Polaris's powers to try to do shit. Or am I, or am I jumping ahead too far? Now could. Yeah, I'm I think wondering. I'm jumping ahead too far. One second. Yes. But I'm wondering, could Sync use magic's powers, though? Not from memory, because I don't think he's used it before. And if she doesn't have it right now, maybe, is what I'm going to, like, go with. wave my hand at. But yeah, we need a hero. So that means we need Iceman. We need an Omega-level hero. And who comes in? Fucking Iceman. And he comes in fucking making weapons of ice making himself huge blasting ice through fucking nimrod 
he even cracks Nimrod in the head and like gives him a big old scar, which we've seen in like future shots of Nimrod. So that's yeah, that's cool. a cool payoff. This is where he gets that scar from. You would never have guessed it's from Iceman. <laughs> which fuck you for not guessing, because honestly, right, what's about to happen? I'm a huge Iceman fan now. I never realized how much I love Iceman. I almost started fucking crying at what's about to happen here. Yeah, this was rough. This so, was probably the roughest part of the whole book. Uh, uh, this is truly one of the roughest scenes, and that's ta- that's saying something. It's saying a lot. <laughs> so Nimrod is like, oh, you silly little Omega mutant. You think you can beat me? And he jabs him with this little fucking spear that then starts like glowing red. And Bobby at first is like, dude, that's all you got. And then Bobby's like, oh my God, wait, what is that feeling? As it starts to literally melt him. And And spread. And spread. And then he starts to melt. And then we get a panel that still haunts me a week later. (laughs) Where Iceman is melting. His eyes are gone. You can, he's glowing like an orange like a jack-o'-lantern-esque almost because of that shit that is inside that dagger which maybe i guess is blysphere i don't know Blyce will mm. um and then he says i can't see gene scott warren where are you and then he melts and falls down and says i'm sorry in front of his boyfriend in front of his boyfriend like as Iceman is dying, he's calling out for his oldest fucking friends because he's scared and he's dying and he doesn't know what to do. And his brain's melting. And but yeah. most importantly, he doesn't call out for Hank. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important to remember this. Because at his base level, he's like, nah, he's lost. But my uh, other friends... <laughs> but what about my bestest, truest friends? No, no, I don't want Hank. Don't bring Hank here. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not going to help. He's not going to help. Don't let, don't let Hank anywhere near me. And so he melts and dies. And then Nimrod says, well, Omega-2 is dead. Where is Omega-1? And Gene, who obviously is fucking Omega-1, Hell yeah. comes descending once more from the heavens, this time carrying Juggernaut telekinetically, and delivers a fastball special for the ages and launches him at like fucking supersonic speed into fucking Nimrod. He crashes into Nimrod, knocks him all the way out of the tower and down the fucking waterfall into the fucking or off the cliff into the fucking ocean. And then he jumps down after him and says, I'm going to enjoy talking or what is talking to you woodshed is that what he's oh, taking you to the woodshed i'm like what the fuck yeah. is he? so he's jumping down to beat the fuck out of nimrod and gene just got the fucking upper hand on him but and but then thing. um it's not celebration for long it's not celebration those, for long those special stark enhanced sentinels are now raining upon the hellfire gala and on that note ladies and gentlemen because we have so much more to get into we are going to save it for next episode because the next episode we're covering the rest of this fantastic event or this fantastic book. And we're going to cover two episodes of the animated series, but yeah, this is things look, things look dire. Things Um, look pretty bad. And I implore you. I know you've already read it. If you're listening to this, you've already read it. So, you know, things are pretty fucking bad. And uh, yeah, Come back. We'll be back in like days, mere days. Yes. Two episodes this week just to get it all out there. Yeah. It deserves <laughs> it. It deserves the right time. 
We don't want to rush anything. It's uh, as you said off air. It's the Hellfire Gallicized edition. Yeah, and um, yeah. So Josh, in the meantime, when they're waiting, anticipating that second episode, where can they find you? Well, you can go to KrakowaRadio.com. Find us there. You can yep. shoot us an email at KrakowaRadio at gmail.com. Yep. Or if you're so inclined, I am still on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck it is. You no, know, we're not calling it X. We're not. We're not calling I have, it I have all podcasts. We're not calling it X. We're, we're not calling doing it, it Twitter. We're on Twitter. I'm at Xbrarian. It's Librarian with an X. Where are you at? You can find me at Madman3005. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good name. That's a good name, man. Yeah, right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So <laughs> until then, guys, while your friends melt in front of your eyes, oh, God. people have been blown to chunks while everyone's screaming and running, and now sentinels are raining down on your home. We will see you. Oh God. X time. <laughs>